Hello ladies and gents, with Adrianosaurus, the coach of Rapanarama for NRL Supercoach purposes. Another team previews today, we're going to be doing that with Brent from the BJ on Game Day Show. Good bloke and a big Knights fan. We're going to cover the Knights and the Titans. Um, I just wanted to kick off the show going through my team as it currently stands. Now look, at the moment... All teams is a bit of guesswork. You know, we don't know exactly how lineups are going to be. And, you know, you're picking players like Tepo Moroa, but he's very popular. But, you know, I mean, now that Nass is back, <laughs> Nelson is off of Solomona, I mean, I'm less keen on Tepo Moroa. I think he might be there for round one, but you got those suspensions, you know, the Cheese and Smith or whatever, they're going to come back into the team, and I don't feel confident about him. So, you know, there's moving parts, and people have probably got a lot of placeholders and things like that in their teams waiting for, you know, trials. TLT is the most important thing, but I thought I'd give you a quick snapshot of how we're looking at the moment. Um, look, in the hooker position, I've had this for quite a while, and I haven't changed it. It's the Randall and Grant um, set up. Look, as soon as Randall emerged, obviously the terrible news about Braley, I knew that it was an opportunity for us to go the, the premium cheapy route in, in the hooker position. And this year it's important to save money, you know. So I've even seen some teams going double cheapy in the hooker position. But for me, last year it was an absolute frustrating thing, you know, hooker. And I wanted to sew it up this year with at least one premium in there. Look, I see a lot of teams going Reed Marnie. I like it. I see a lot of teams going Cook. You know, Cook's lost Reynolds and he's got some rookie um, halves in there. Um, just recently, you know, there's been whispers that he's not going to play 80, which I can't really see from Cook. I think he's going to play 80, um, you know. But anyway, there's some good options in there, you know, that are slightly cheaper than Harry Grant. And I think they'll be good ones. I think they'll have a good year. I don't really want to go a Cotter or Randall type um, one. But, you, you know, people who want to start with a Cleary or Turbo, they've got to save some money somewhere. I am not. I'm going Harry Grant and Randall. Obviously, I've got to play Randall round one, waiting for Harry Grant to come back in round two. I think Harry Grant's going to be head and shoulders the best scorer in hooker position this year, and I've got him, and I'm going to sew up that position. Uh, in the front row, Payne Haas. You know, I was listening to uh, Barnsey and Wilfred, the great men, uh, on the All-Stars All podcast, and, you know, I just... Uh, Pat Payne Haas is... He's, he's that premium that you can lock into your position now. Oh, I'm kind of a believer that you can save some money in front row. Utikamano, Jai Arrow, you know, even he's a little bit cheaper. TPJ, you know, there's, there's options in there. Lindsay Collins, you know, AFB. There's some cheaper ones that you can pick in there that I think are going to score well. Um, but, you know, I think we'll all be sort of reaching to try to get Haas. And I don't think the price is too bad for Haas, 595 um, I've got him in there currently. But look, he's, he, he is somebody, obviously, that I'm probably picking as my number one that I'm willing to fiddle with if, you know, all the players that we're hoping for don't come up and I've got to fiddle with stuff. I've got to save myself a couple of 100K or 100K, 150K, you know, Haas will probably become Utikamano. But at the moment, he's in the team. Um, look, I've skipped Utikamano and I've gone Jai Arrow. I've been quite vocal about, you know, my I'm, I'm, I'm on Jai Arrow this year. I think if he starts in that second row, I like, you know, what he's going to be capable of. He was a gun of the past. He's been a bit injury prone, yes, and he probably wasn't used as much as he could be last year. But he, you know, when he got 50 minute games last year, he, he got 60 points. And that's Jai Arrow. He's got a good point per minute. Um, he's been coached by old mate there, you know, 
back in his Broncos days, and I think he might be on for a resurgence this year. So I've got him in there. He's dual as well, which is quite handy. Um, on the bench, I've gone with Aaron Panay. You know, we've got these reserve front rowers, Tepo Moroa, who I don't have a lot of confidence in, you know, for longevity in position. Um, and look, there's rumors, you know, well, in this later in this pod, you know, there could be a cheapy 200k benchy from the Knights, you know, but at the moment, for me, it's Panay because I think he's probably, you know, looking at a 40 minute role in that Warriors team. He's come from the Melbourne setup, and I just feel a bit more rock solid. You know, another one that I was contemplating was Lean You. He's got a great PPM. It's just a worry about his minutes. You know, I think he could be 30 minutes, whereas I think Panay could be. 40 minutes, but I wouldn't be adverse to it. Lean you, you know, we'll all remember last year when we owned him, he was a bit frustrating, really, really slow burn. There's just not the minutes there in that, you know, Penrith pack. Maybe he could be on for a little uptick this year, you know, with players like Capewell and that gone. But um, I've gone Penne at the moment. Look, uh, I've got a placeholder there. It's Max King. You know, there's light chat that he might jag a bench spot but i'm not feeling confident about that and look that'll be one of those placeholder positions for me until we know you know if we're going to get a 200k you know in there somewhere um look i've gone top of the pops in the second row i've tried to plug a premium into most positions you can see i've got grant in hooker and Hass in the front row and i've gone david for feeder in the second row he is a weapon you know you, you probably look at it from a long you know, distance perspective and say he's can't surely score as many tries as he did last year. Well, he probably can. And look, at the very minimum, I think he might get more minutes this year. His body is looking good and he's saying that he's fit. Um, last year, he played most of the year, you know, really injured. And that could have been the reason why he played off the bench and stuff. And it's one of those ones where I just remember last year trying to get a scramble to get IPAP and feeder in. It's good to just have that for feeder answered right from round one. Look, he is expensive, but I've got him in. Um, look, Maddo is my second sort of premium uh, second row forward. I think it's a contract year. The rig is looking fantastic. Um, IPAP is going to probably, I think, be in the front row. And he signed elsewhere. I think this is a year for Maddo to stand up and be, you know, the best meadow we can see. You know, I, I think the other player that tempted me was Curran. I like the Warriors draw early. Um, Curran, he's got a really super coach friendly game, and I'm not a hundred percent sold. I just don't play. You know, I know Meadow. Meadow is one who's got the runs on the board. You know, I know he's a one head knock away from bloody retirement, but I'm not a hundred percent sold that it won't be. You know, Curran, but I like Curran and Madison. I've gone with Madison. Um, I've gone you and Aiken in the second row. It's probably not ideal, really, but you know I've got Targo down in the center wing. I can actually use the you know those two in, you know, inter interchange with those two you know reserve wise, which is handy. You know, I can switch him, um, and he's there. You know at the moment he he showed a bit last year. You know when he was picked in the second row, and you know the job security is fantastic. Obviously position wise, you know it might change when Tohu gets back, but to start the year I think it's fine. Um, I've gone Lukey on the bench. He looks like he might be you know locked into that second row starting spot at the Cowboys. They got a pretty uh, okay draw to start the year the Cowboys um, and he's a tall rangy thing I like the look of him you know it could be Cotter it could be Lukey and you know there's rumors of Nanai as well who am I on the look of I've gone with Lukey I like him um, look at the moment it's a bit of a placeholder because I don't feel great about Tepoi Maroa it's that Tuolagi I don't know which one of the Tigers is in some legal troubles is it Tuolagi 
um, or Tukey Simpson. I don't know, but at the moment, it's 250k. You know, Bloor's gone down, and there could be a bench spot in there. You think it's going to be Garner and Luciano to start, and maybe there's some minutes on the bench there, and I don't mind the look of him. Um, but he's in there just as a placeholder now. 250k. Um, I'm just... You know, I don't feel great about Tepai Moran. Could be save 50k in there, I guess. Um, but and, and go with Tepai. But I just don't like you know the position for Tepai. You know, after or even for round one necessarily, but you know, definitely after. Um, Piacora, he's my third reserve on the second row forward. You know, there's chirp that he's been training ahead of TC Rabadi in the Broncos lineup. It's going to be a little bit of a punt if you do start with him. You know, I see some teams going with Howarth from the Melbourne Storm. I signed him for five years on 500k. I have no doubt that Howarth, you know, he, there's big raps on him, huge raps. He looks, uh, you know, a, a good prospect. I think next year he's probably going to start in the second row for the Storm with all the, you know, the Bromwich boys and, you know, Felice gone um, but I think they'll blood him at some stage this year but I just think you know the mail on Piacora is that he's training ahead and maybe you take a punt even though he's suspended in round one that he might come in and jag a bench spot at the Broncos um, I've got Cleary in there he is the top of the pops for halfback you know there was talk that he's going to be out you know for the early rounds but the latest male, you know, is that he's tracking pretty well and he's already back in the wrestle and, you know, locking away that halfback position. You know, he's the head and shoulders, the best one. It is a huge chunk of your salary. And look, you know, I think everybody falls into that category. Are you a turbo owner? Are you a Cleary owner? Or are you skipping both of them? You know, they look nice and pumped up, those teams that don't have a turbo or Cleary. And, you know, the teams that have a turbo look very skinny um and you know if you own a cleary you're going to be a little bit skinny i've gone with cleary Ilias is on the bench he's popular you know and i think he's pretty much the chat is that he's locked in to have that position um hastings is my starting five eight you know it's probably one of those positions where i am going to save a little bit of money um the thing is you know you could have munster you know if he if he goes to his career best as a 70 plus from last year, you know, and I'm hoping for a 55 and of Hastings minimum, you know, maybe a 60 with him kicking goals, and it's close enough to start the year. Um, Amone on the bench, you know, there's some team lineups I see, you know, the predicted lineups that have Sullivan in that position in the 5-8 for the Dragons. I've got some good Dragons friends, and they tell me it's Amone. Uh, so hopefully he does come up and get that position, because that'll really throw a spanner in teams if he doesn't get the run. Um, I've gone Selwyn Cobbo, you know, I think um, he looks all but locked in for a wing spot at the Broncos, um, I'm not jumping on the hype train for Coates, you know, like others are doing, I just, you know, I don't like the base of, of Coates and he's never really sort of been super coach relevant, we do hear, you know, all the chat, he's at the Melbourne Storm now, there's going to be more tries on offer, I mean he scored a bunch of tries last year with the Broncos really, um, I liked, you know, I liked the you know, Cobo, I like the look of him. He looks a likely customer. He's big, he's strong. You know, he reminds me of sort of that Latrell type shape. You know, I like him just in actual NRL, the look of him. So I've got him in there. And he looks like he could be locked into that wing spot at the Broncos. So it was him. I didn't quite have the funds to go as stags. I'd like stags, but, you know, everyone's going to have stags. And 
I've tried to save a little bit of money there. Um, Targo, you know, looks like he's going to start the second row for Penrith. He's dual, which is good. Um, look, I've got Suali in there at the moment. There's conflicting reports, you know, that maybe Kevin Nakwama starts or Billy Smith. I don't mind the look of Smith, to be quite honest. Um, but I've got Suali in there, there at the moment. You know, I think it could come down to one of those that's going to get the spot. And you'll obviously have to adjust. Oh, I'm probably not going to start with Suali if he doesn't get the first um, spot, you know, round one. Um, Will Penasini looks locked into the center wing for the Parramatta Eels. Um, on the bench, I've gone Jordan Pereira. Now, I've heard chat, and even on the All-Stars there with Wilfred, they were saying Corey Oates. Now, I know Corey Oates has got the runs on the board, um, but apparently Pereira is impressing there at the Broncos, and obviously that's a bit placeholder-ish. Um, you know, if it was Pereira or if it was Taylor and May that jagged a wing spot over... Um, Charlie Staines but the thing is I think Oates might be favoured ahead of um, Pereira and maybe Staines is, a, is um, you know going to be ahead of um, May to start the year so it'll be just one of those watches and you know wait and sees um, if they get the spot. Um, Alamotti you know he's a cheapy probably enough really he's you know probably next cab off the rank at the Bulldogs and there's a little light chat that he's you know gunning it out with um, Shoop you know, for that center wing spot. So, and he's got big wraps on him. So I've got him in there sort of as a player who I think might get a run, you know, earlier rather than later. And the same for Tass. I've got him in there. You know, we've heard that it's down to him or Milne, you know, probably Milne favored, we've heard, but he's next cab off the rank. If he doesn't, you know, I know he's been injured, so he's probably going to have a slower run up than Milne. But, you know, I think first cab off the rank, uh, you know, I've got him in. It's probably skinny on the bench, but if you have a Cleary uh, or a Turbo, you've got to save money somewhere. So it's two bottom price cheapies, and look, I don't think we're going to get him. I don't think Tass or Alamotti is going to start round one, but, and maybe I have to really, you know, rethink it, because I don't think this is a year to go in with that many nuffs, uh, but you know, we're going to have to just wait for TLT. You know, we're going to have to th see. You know, hopefully one of them wins out or something comes in that, you know, is, is cheap enough in there for us to pick. Um, Tedesco and Pappenhausen in the fullback positions. The popular pick, not going to start with Turbo. Um, Teddy and Paps for the win. Uh, next, we'll jump into my chat with Brent from the BJ on Game Day. Hello, ladies and gents, with Adrianosaurus, the coach of Rapanorama for NRL Supercoach this year, doing team previews on the Knights and the Titans, two sort of right around the eight type teams, um, some Supercoach options in both of those teams, and who better to talk Knights with than one of the co-hosts of the BGR on Game Day podcast, Brent Hampton. Welcome to the show. Hey, Doss, brother. Thanks for having me, mate. Great to be here as always. I hope you had a good off-season, mate. Um, I think you fared a bit better than I did in the BBL over the off-season, uh, but I am very much looking forward to the start of the NRL season. Not too long to go either, mate. It's come around quickly and only about five, five or so weeks to go, I think. So, Yeah, exciting. exciting. We've got some trials coming up and stuff, which is good stuff, you know, for Supercoach, you know, Intel. Um, yeah, BBL, you know, I, it was a rough old year for, for BBL this year, but, um, yeah, we're ramping up into NRL. I'm looking forward to the year. I saw some of the rule changes in NRL, you know, with the penalty inside the 40 metres and stuff like that, which I think actually it won't completely cut down, you know, the domination of attack and, and fatigue in the game, but I think it might actually bring it back a little bit more level. I think that we're going to see a better product this year as a result in, in an actual NRL. Um, I still think players like Turbo and, and Cleary are going to clean up. You know, but I think that the game will look better when they've cut it down a little bit. I think they're overcorrected. 
Yeah, it will be really interesting. And then obviously couple that with a few of the super coach changes that they're bringing in. Uh, specifically, obviously the number of trades has been the most you know, noted one, but I actually find the uh, the whole idea of being able to continually trade someone throughout the round up until that team locks out is also a very interesting one and, and one that people will be able to use their advantage. You know, when you think about how many times throughout a season you want to bring a guy in who's in doubt for something not COVID related, you know, it'll be an injury or something. You'll you'll be able to have a look at that person and possibly bring them in and, and if they are to get ruled out, move to somewhere else. But it'll bring yeah. a different a different aspect to it and a new strategy, which I like. Um when I originally started playing sort of fantasy NRL just quickly, it was Fox Sports NRL and they had a similar sort of um, trading system, I guess you could call it. Um, but yeah, it'll be very, very interesting and, and yeah, a few different things to consider this year. So it should be good, mate. Yeah. I mean, I've heard some people talking about how they get, they plan to use their five extra trades. Some people are saying use them in the first three weeks, get the perfect, you know, setup of your cheapies, use an extra mm-hmm. one for week one, week two, you know, and, get yourself set up to go for the you know right from the start some people saying in the run-up to buys you know hit the buys hard and dominate hard in the buys it's just interesting and some people are like well i'm going to hold them up my sleeve for the inevitable inevitable trouble um so it's i think that the five trades just the number is probably medium you know conservative and medium you know heavy i think it's enough to make the game more interesting which i think is good um we're going to talk the knights your team um look I've got to be honest with you. I'm not feeling, you know, positive about the Knights this year. I, I don't have them making the eight. I think they might probably be in the same sort of thoroughfare that the Raiders are going to be. And I think that eight to about 13 could be a real dogfight. And I think the Knights will be in there this year. How do you feel about them? Yeah, mate, look, unfortunately, I'd have to agree a little bit. I guess last year was was a bit of a letdown as well. You know, we've, we've sort of expected... You know, expected big things from him in the last couple of years, particularly Ponga getting a couple of seasons under his belt and obviously the, um, you know, the superstar that he's supposed to be. But it hasn't really come to fruition just yet. They've sort of struggled and battled and, and they have had a few injuries to deal with and a few different bits and pieces happening. And then, you know, the ultimate variable, which is to seem to be Adam O'Brien, um, mm-hmm. is still a constant there. So, look, it's quite interesting, mate. Like, we're still – you have a look at the squad and, and – we haven't lost anyone, you know. Obviously, Mitch Pierce is a massive loss, and Jaden Bradley. That injury is is a that one hurts probably the most, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, because you know I'm a massive fan of Jaden Bradley, but to lose him for the entire season after we've already missed him for a substantial chunk, I think of his first year that he joined us. Yeah, that really kills you. That continuity out of hooker, um, that's going to hurt us in particular. Yeah. I'll tell you um, what would have been handy, um, Watson. Oh, mate, and. That, <laughs> and at the time he didn't re-sign and they let him walk and, and re-sign man, it was sort of like, what's doing here? Like, why have we done that? But coupled now by the fact that Pierce eventually left and then what's happened has happened to Jaden Braley, it's now magnified that this, like that decision to let him go or whatever happened there, I don't know, but it's just made it 10 times worse, I think, because he would have been the answer to you know, one of one of those issues that we had, I reckon, because he was one of our best last year. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he he every time, I mean, take Supercoach out of it, but when you're watching yeah. the Knights, every time he was on the field, the Knights looked better. And that was just the fact of life. They looked better when he was on there. So, mm. look, I mean, there's going to be an opportunity for Randall. He's a bit of a tackle bot. Um, and look, you know, man, he, he he's probably, I think he's more, I think Watson's more talented than man, but he, he'll probably do what Watson did last year. That's sort of same role. So, um, look, 
we will talk about the players in the team. I've gone and looked at it in a way that's the premiums. I think there's only really one premium, but they're probably a fallen premium really. But, um, and they've got some upper tiers and some mids. I actually did some study on some upper t- tiers, you know, your Frizzells, your D- D- Dan Safidis and your Barnett's. And that was surprising. You know, some good surprises in there um, for Supercoach, mm-hmm. but we'll go through those things. Um, we'll start at the premium. There's one premium in the team, and that's Kalen Ponga. If we go back to 2020, the average was 79.9. And I think if you have a 10-point drop or an over 10-point drop year to year, you've had a Barry, you know, really, unless the game's changed hugely. And, you know, weirdly, I thought that the new game would have suited someone like Ponga with the footstep, you know, the footwork he's got and with a tired, retreating defense. I just thought he'd cut him to shreds. So what happened to him last year? Mate, I'll be honest. I think he was playing busted to finish the year. I, I don't know what else it was. He, he missed, again, a pretty significant chunk of the year. Um, he missed a few games to start. Then he missed a little bit through that origin sort of period. And he finished pretty ordinary. Um, he turned up in his, twice in his first five games. Uh, in one of those scores was 163 versus Cronulla. And, and it looked good. But, yeah, I, I don't know what happened, whether he was fully fit. Um, he obviously lost the goal-kicking duties as well. Not that, yep. you know, he had had that guaranteed anyway, but with Clifford's arrival um, mid-season as well, I think it was mid-season, um, he, he also lost the kicking, which, as I said, he wasn't the best goal kicker in the world, but, you know, there's potentially still another 10, 15 points every week, depending on if we even score any tries, um, that he could add to his score. So, you know, that, and and as I said, I don't think he was 100% fit, just the, yeah. looking at oh. him for the finish of the year, I don't think he was... He's not um, quite. He's not quite yeah. a Dugan level, you know. For no, but he's going down. He's creeping he's, over he's that creeping, space. He's he? creeping into that area. Um, look, eighty-minute games last year. You know, the average was sixty-eight point four for the year. But in his eighty-minute games, because he'd have some interruptions and some shorter games, so I just took the snapshot of eighty-minute games. Yep. The average was seventy-eight point six three, which is the average you know of the year before. Yep. But there's a, a, a big gap because I really just see you know Teddy, um, Paps, and um, turbo obviously you know we used to talk about ponga in the same you know stratosphere as them a a couple of years ago and i think there's a clear gap there now look 599,900. i I hear some people who are not i mean i just think it's a no-brainer to go teddy and paps i think the turbo is a little bit um expensive but i've heard some people floating the idea of going old mate campbell you know from the titans and maybe going a cheaper option and look you know ponga if he does get his average of 80 this year just say he has a bounce back you know at 599 uh 900 you know he's a bargain look i agree with you and they're my current fullback so i've currently got ted ted and paps in there at, at this point in time i don't know i just think that that fullback position obviously ados is so so important uh in the the modern day super coach um that you've got to you've got to have two out and out guns, and I guess my problem with Ponga is he, he does still sometimes go missing. At times you are looking for him, where is he? You want him to be popping up, and he's not. Or um, so I think that's still hoping, hoping, hoping to see that improve this season. And you know he could come out and absolutely kill it. That's just the talent he's got. But yeah, when when you pick guys like Teddy and Paps, they're they're always wanting the ball in their hands. They're always involved in the plays. They, they Pretty decent base on them as well. Perhaps obviously goal kicking. That shook side's probably going to be looking a little bit better and a bit more crisp this year. So, um, yeah, for that reason, I guess I've probably overlooked Ponga a little bit because you know, as a Knights fan, I watched him pretty closely and 
and he does he does frustrate you at times. But that said, he is just got so much talent. As I said, he could come out and have a blinder. And anyone that does start with him, he's probably going to be a big pod considering a lot of people looking at your turbos and those other guys you yeah. mentioned. He could get yeah. you off to a start. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I, the draw. I, I guess the draw is a little bit uh, indifferent as well. We we have a couple of tough games in our first four or five weeks. Um, we play the Chooks, Penrith, Manly in our first five weeks. So. Yeah. A couple of tough ones there, and then you got Parramatta, Melbourne within the next three weeks after yeah. that. Uh, our, our run home's a little bit better, but yeah, I think yeah. it might be a little bit tough to start with someone like KP personally. Yeah, I agree. I think to start the year, you know, I've, that's my notes. Don't get don't get too tricky in the fullback position, um, and there is that little unknown with the, how the Knights are going to bounce back with, with no Pierce and and what kind of ponga we're going to get this year. If he's energized and he goes after it, I think he is. You know, every bit a premium player. You could average. 85, 90, if he's, if he's into it. I think with him, you know, you really did kind of lean on the goal kicking because that was at 10, 15 mm-hmm. points, and that kind of got him over the line, you know, up into that sort of higher echelon. But he's probably, you know, the gun in the team, you know, at their best time. Look, there's an upper tier um, of players that I've got written down. One of them is Tyson Frizzell. Now, Tyson Frizzell, second row forward, he's going to cost you 571400 And for that reason, I don't think people are going to start with him. But last year, his average was 65.2, which I think is great. That's a fantastic average. You know, he had a low of 42. His floor was great. He had a high of 113. Looking at his scores, he had three scores in the 40s, five in the 50s, four in the 60s, three in the 70s, two in the 80s, and one in the 100s. It was some sort of year from Frizzell last year. Um, you know, he, he, he surprised me. I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I might be, it might have been a, a couple of years earlier than sort of 2018. 65 average is pretty good from Frizz. I don't know if it's a career best year for him, super coach wise, but he was very consistent. Um, and he didn't cross the, the, the white line too many times. He only scored three tries last season. So he's the sort of back row that you, you know, imagine, you know, hitting those short balls to one those holes and, and does get a few attacking stats in him as well so i i yeah i think he's he's in that awkward sort of price i reckon ados yeah. as well when you you think you've got guys like maddo curran yeah. um you know some other guys that are around there that are probably out now um or you know not superstars but i guess frizzell will probably be a bit of a pod to those guys um look i couldn't criticize anyone for it. i guess the only other issue you've got with it is We've essentially got the new halves pairing and what looks like will be Clune and um, Clifford. So I'm not sure, you know, it might take a little bit to work that combination out, whichever half he's running off out on the edge as well. But you know what you're going to get with him, as you said. He's got that that sort of high floor on him. And um, he yeah, gets he's, meat he's, potatoes. He's, and, and, yeah, he's meat and potatoes, but he's, he's consistent. Yeah, he's I've consistent. got that written down. You know, Matt O'Carr and Murray, they're all around that sort of price point. They can go up near 100 a little bit more regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, look, exactly. you do have your worries. You know, Curran, he might have a, a not a short lifespan, but you know, Tohu's going to come back into that team eventually. Um, Murray's coming back from a shoulder injury. I think he's going to have a good year because I, I really think he'll rise to the occasion of being the captain. Um, and, you know, Maddo was one head knock away from a bloody retirement, but he is in a contract year. So I've opted to go with Maddo. But, you know, Frizzell, you know, He's probably not going to be picked ahead of those people, but if you're just a real, you know, loosey goosey type player and you mm. like to go a pod, you know, he's he's worth it. You know, I mean, five seventy one is probably high, but you, you'll get him and you'll get an average of sixty five out of him. Um, another one at a similar price point is Barnett. Uh, Barnett is mm. a great watch as as an actual NRL player. I love him. 
He used to play mm. for the Raiders back in the day. Um, he, his, his average last year was 64. He, he reads very similar to um, Frizzell. You know, he had four fours, 40s, six 50s, um, five 60s, four 70s, 180, uh, and two 100s. 200s last year for Barnett. Um, he'll cost you 560,700. Um, you know, but you, you're going to stack him and naturally up against these Maddows and Currens and Murrays. Um, Angus, who's, who's a little bit more expensive. But do you think that he's, you know, last year there was a bit of stuffing around with Barnett and Watson and Minutes and all that. Do you think that he's going to get some consistent minutes this year? Yeah. yeah, so Barnett, you know, he sort of started the year, he got 80 minutes, then he sort of dropped down to 40 minutes, then he went back up to 80 as the, the um, year went on. If he played 80 minutes mm. a game, even if he played 70, I would absolutely take him right up there with these Maddows, Currens and Murrays because he's a weapon. Yeah, and obviously, again, he was one of those guys who, with Ponga, they sort of juggled that goal kicking, but he's lost that as well, which has also hurt. Um, I think he ended up being, because Ponga was missing for a while, he ended up getting the duties and they tossed up between Barnett and Ponga. But, you know, he's lost that as well with Clifford, which has impacted his his scoring. Um, and now you obviously got Fitzgibbon, who's he's made his way back into the team somehow and has pushed him sort of away from that edge. Mm. Um a little bit, which which is interesting, because he'll probably end up playing lock now, and um, then you got Kurt Mann that's floating in and around there now. You got you know, Jay Saf probably coming off the bench. So if he's in the middle, I think unfortunately he ends up having to share a bit more of those minutes, obviously. And um, he's the kind of guy he needs to be playing playing those big minutes, as you sort of said, according yeah. to being yep. on your side. Yeah, well that's it. You know, with Frizzell and Barnett, you know, there, there's a bit of unknown about it. You know, and you know, Brian, he doesn't instill confidence in you that you, you you're going to get the best of what these players are capable of. Um, Dan Safidi, five hundred fifteen thousand, so he's sort of in around that Adam Fanua Blake price. Um, you know, he averaged fifty eight point seven last year, which is you know, I'd say if you're sixty and above, you know, someone like Thompson from the Dogs, average sixty five last year. You know, he was he was awesome. Um, Dan Safiti in his games that he played 50 plus minutes last year, though, his average went up from that 58. He was 61.28. So I think there could be some value at 515. Um, you know, he's probably awkwardly priced as well. You've got players like Arrow available in the front row with Tikamano. There's probably players for 50, 60 K cheaper that you can go, but I think if he goes and gets the 50 plus minutes this year in the front row and he's origin standard, he's, you know, the leader of the pack. I know that the other Safidi brother had a great year last year as well. Mm. Um, but he was just a tick under um, 60. And when he gets 50 minutes, he goes over 60. Yeah. And I mean, early on in the year, he started unbelievably. He had two tons in the first six weeks. He was fine mm. in the try on a few times. He went a bit quiet through the middle of that origin sort of period there, but um, you know, he was he was pretty good. It's as you said, he it's quite interesting to see that he's only finished the year around that 500k mark and then coming to 2022 around that similar sort of price. So, yeah, there might be a bit of value there. Um, maybe people that aren't looking at Haas that want to go somewhere a little bit cheaper 
there's definitely yeah. value in, in some of these guys that you said, like AFB and possibly DSAF as well. So Yeah, I mean, I think they're probably in around the same you know, area. But, I mean, if you've got 515 for DSAF, you might as well go TPJ. It could be a 70 average. Yeah, player, you know, It's just one of those things. Um, mm-hmm. Clem, you know, he seemed to go off a cliff last year, although he did finish with a 55.6 average, and he's, he's priced at 487, which is sort of we took Amano, you know, Collins-type pricing. Um from around 11 last year, you know, he dropped almost oh, 10 minutes a game, which really sort of dropped the scoring down. Pre um, around 11, the average was 60. And after that, when the 10 minutes went down, just on his PPM, you know, he went down to 52 point average. So I think, you know, we're probably seeing the end of Clem, really. With, with both Safidi brothers up and running, I don't think Clem's going to get the minutes. Yeah, and uh, he's still got two years to run his contract, so I don't know what they're doing with him. And sort of, I think I said it last night on our show. I don't know if there was something happening behind the scenes in his personal life or whatever. But yeah, even despite him finishing at that fifty-five, he, he was nowhere near the player he was in twenty twenty, um, which led a lot of people to start with him going into twenty twenty one as well. Mm, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. He makes a really big difference to our side when he gets going forward with those Safidi boys. You know, that puts a lot of punch um, in the start of our sets and takes a lot of pressure off us. But, yeah, last year just was looking a little bit disinterested. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, I'd, I don't I'd, know. Avoid, I'd avoid him when you've got up-and-comers like Utikamano and, you know, if Arrow's starting in the second row and playing big minutes. But, you know, just looking at what he's capable of when he got the, the those minutes, you know, he's, he is at that 60 average, you know, a la DSAF, but he's 487. Okay. You know, so oh. there's value, but it's just I think when all both the Safidi brothers are up and he obviously goes into the rotation, you know, there's probably not the minutes there. I guess one thing I would say on it, Ados, uh, I think Newcastle don't quote me exactly on it, but one of the worst attacking sides in the comp last year in terms of putting points on the board. Um, so something's got to change. Obviously, AOB is defense oriented, but even the defense wasn't that great. Um, you lose Pierce, you lose Jaden Brady. I, I really think with the kind of players we've got like Clifford and possibly Clune and obviously Ponga, we need to rely on a bit of that second phase play. And if if Clemmer gets the go ahead to, you know, let that arm go again like he did in 2020, yeah. um, or any of those big boys do, I think it'll be worth another look early. So maybe keep an eye on Clem. If like I said he gets that license to to offload, that was yeah. what made him really relevant in 2021 as well. So maybe keep yeah. an eye on it early and see what he's doing. Yep. All right. And mids. We've got Radman Best. You know, he is a mid. His 2021 average was 51.7. The thing that sort of everybody, I think the reason why they own Best is because he can turn up. He did turn up last year as well, but he got as low as 16. And I think he is a bit, you know, can do a bit of injury, you know, the old uh, Best. And I think, you know, this year with options like Aitken and Stags, um, you know, are you... Are you interested in best at all this year? No, not at 450k to start the year. Ados just they didn't use him too well last year. I think Joey said it best in one of the things, just so frustrated. Just give him the ball with a bit of space. Don't make him run holes. Don't you know, don't do anything fancy with him. Just give him early ball and let him do what he does best, and that's break tackles and run into blokes. Um, look, he's still a young pup. Um, 
you know, another good preseason under his belt. Hopefully he can stay fit and healthy. You know, at 450K, like you said, you've got your Aikens and Staggs and, and a few other guys around that price and probably 100K cheaper or 200K cheaper where you get a bit better value um, to start the year. But here's a guy, he sort of gets on a run and, and can score tries. And if they can just figure out how to get him some of that good ball and get a good combination with Ponga, you know, the and if you can get a full injury. season, I think if you can get an injury-free yeah. season, you know, we might see some of what Beth is capable of. Now, yeah. we're talking about the lock position there. And no, not to start. Um, Kurt Mann, I've, I've, I've talked to some podcasters and I've had some podcasts talking about value players. And a lot of people are sort of saying, you know, he's Watson of 2022, 383,000 for Kurt Mann, available in center wing and 5'8", which is really good for super coach. Um, look, last year when he played, you know, big minutes, he, you know, he sort of averaged around 50. Um, you know, what do you, what do you feel about man this year? Or do you think that, I mean, there was rumors that he could even start lock, you know, and if he doesn't start lock, he's going to be a la what um, Watson did will come off the bench and play some lock minutes. Is that what you see for man? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> The scary thing is, is, is from a footy perspective, just you know, disregarding Supercoach, he's, he's terrible for our rugby league time. He stifles the attack. He, he doesn't give good ball, in my opinion. He goes himself too much. He's not a half. He's, I hope he doesn't end up playing hooker. Um, so whether he ends up finding a little bit of a home in the pack there, I'm not sure. But, I mean, in 2020, mate, he started the season for us at the six, and that was the year he, start, he was a cheapie. He was about 280K. Um and he ended up being massive for the year. I think he you know, averaged over 60. Um, he ended up going at hooker for a while as well. And when he did play hooker, uh, he scored pretty well. And and even at six, his base wasn't bad. So it'll be interesting to see how AOB uses him. Um, as much as I, I it really hurts because I, I just know what how bad he is for our football team in the halves especially. But I guess I might have to overlook it because he could be really relevant, as you said, at that price point and where you can pick him. Yeah. Five, eight and center wing. If he's if he's getting like 60 minutes in the middle, a combination of that somehow. Um, and, and I mean, and you can plug him in your 50 in base. Yeah. yeah, that's right. You pick him in your center wing or you have him, you know. I mean, if I'm someone like me, I've got Amon, who's five, eight and center wing in my five, eight. And if I've got man down in my centers, I can switch those two around. You know, that's... There's, there's real super coach applications if Kurt Mann is a good option, you know, and I think, you know, there is going to be that un- unknown. It is Adam O'Brien, you know, but mm. I think you could probably, if you want to go and think about Kurt Mann for this year, maybe it's not ex- going to be exactly like, but you can go and have a look at what Watson did last year. You probably expect about the same, um, I think, for minutes at least. And look, each he, he, he- he gives 110%. He's a really good – he's a good guy to own in Supercoach because, as I said, he doesn't pass much. And he does break a lot of tackles and that sort of thing. So I might have to overlook my moral objections and have a look at how AOB uses him in some of those trials and early on. But, yeah, he could be relevant for sure. Yeah, I cool. think 50, 50, 55 minutes and you can pick him in center wing. You know, at 383, I think there's some value. Um, cheapy, the cheapy that came – you know, from the clouds, you know, um, thanks to, well, not thanks to, in terrible circumstances, obviously, with Braley going down, was Randall. Now, you know, Randall doesn't excite me a great deal because he's a bit of a tackle bot and we probably have a small sample size, so it's pretty it's sort of hard to know. But the simple fact is the price is right. 
and he probably presents as one of the best cheapies around, especially in the hooker position. Yeah, absolutely, mate. 100% agree. And, and I mean, I did have a, a lot more of a closer look at his history once, you know, the Braley news broke. Um, Supercoach-wise, is to see what he's done in the last couple of years. And it hasn't actually been that great, even though he does get through a heap of tackles and, and has played at times a fair few minutes in games. It hasn't been awesome. Like, he's not going to come out and average 60 points or anything like that. But I think when you, you consider what's happening with, you know, Harry Grant probably misses round one. Um, you know, I think there's a couple other guys in that hook position that might be out for round one that are premiums that people might want to start with. He probably just plugs a hole. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that's for round one. Yeah, that's the thing. Some cash. Um, and, and then you can, you know, yeah, and you can have a look at him and see how it goes. Maybe he does end up, you know, stepping up a bit and consistently gets that 50 tackles a game or whatever, which he probably could do in his first game. I think he he um, broke the tackle record for Newcastle or something yeah. like that. Um, so he has it in him, but yeah, he's not going to excite you with anything, anything too special. But yeah, no. I think you've got to start with him if, you, if you're serious, Ados, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, look, there's going to be positions in your super coach team where you can save some money. And if you can pick a, a hooker who's going to play big minutes, you know, for 245, you take it. And Tell me another, another decent cheapie around that price that is a no-brainer. Yeah, year. that's right. Let alone so- a hooker. I don't think there's any. Yeah, I mean, I've seen some people go and double cheap hooker. They might be going Ruben Cotter and um, Randall, which could be risky business in a sense. I think that they'll both maybe score 40, 50, you know, but, you know, that's the thing. You, you, if you're going to be relying on playing him often, you know, you may, you may fall into some trouble. But if you've got him on your bench and he's just tackling away and slow burning him's way up to 400, 450 or whatever, what you need. Um, you know, I think he's, yeah, a no-brainer, definitely. Um, look, is there any other cheapies? You know, there's um, two names that I have heard in some of the chats I've been in. Um, Momosia, the second row, front row forward, 205K. People tell me, you know, it's going to be out of him and Pasami Solo, who's also a 205, 100 second row, front row forward for a benchy spot. Any, any info? Um, I mean, Pasami's had some big raps on him the last couple of years. I think he got named in the Maori squad as well. So that'll be good for him. Um, I mean, if I'm honest, I think it's out of those two blokes and also possibly Jack Johns is the other one. Yeah. Um, Jack, Jack got a bit of a crack last year as well. Um, you know, there's a world where it's definitely it seems to be that fourth or, you know, those last two bench spots, you've got Brody Jones in there as well. I think Kurt Mann and probably Jacob Safidi, or if it's Clemmer that comes off the bench, fill two of those spots. But those other two could be a combination of those two blokes you said and, and Brody Jones or Jack Johns. So, you know, Jack Johns, I think, I don't know if he was, I don't think he's dual. He's only picked one second row, but um, yeah, possibly. Have a look, keep, just keep an eye on them, put them in your watch list, whatever you want to do, because yeah. they could be little sneakies that go under the radar a little bit. Um, even Jirai, um, I think has pretty good wraps on him as well. And yeah. he's got that duality between second row and front row. So yeah, there's, there's a few sneaky guys just to make sure you keep on the watch list and, and um, yeah, one of them could, could be decent. Yeah. There'll be a, you know, a super slow burn, but there's not a lot of yeah. you know, 200k you know, front rowers exactly. and they, and, and with them both being dual, they're handy as well. So yeah, worth a watch. Um, look, I think, you're looking at it as an overview. Um, I think the best prospects uh, from the Knights are probably Randall, just because of his cheap nature. 
Um, I think uh, Kurt Mann could possibly, I know it seems like blasphemy because we all are actual NRL fans, but if the role is what we hope for man, man could be a good prospect for them. That's what I'm saying. The role might be 30 minutes off the bench and then that doesn't work. There's no value there. But if it's 50-55, that means you're going to have to play risky business because you're going to have to take the risk that he's going to, you know, in the trials, if he's playing like that, then I reckon he's a go. Um, and look, I've just put on pedigree um, Dan Safidi because he, um, at 515, um, averaging at that 60 points, which I think is pretty good for front row, you know, he's probably somebody, you know, like I said, people are probably going to go and find the 40K and go TPJ. But I just think... Um, you know, he's, he, there's definitely some value because he's underpriced on what his output can be. Um, yeah. Um, avoid, you know, probably would avoid Ponga personally with that hard run and just the unknown, you know, of what kind of Ponga we're going to get next year. Maybe he's depressed that Watson's gone. I don't know, but he's not going to goal kicking and there has been some light concerns on, you know, his performance. So I'd probably give him a miss to start the year. Um, I'll probably also give Best a miss. We, we mentioned him in the mids. The average was 51 last year. So at the 450, he's you're stacking him up against Aiken and Stags. Um, you know, I prefer them. So I probably avoid best just to wait to see if he can get his body right and you know they start getting him the ball and just let him run, you know, like the little nuggety thing that he is. Yeah. Um look, I'd I'd agree. I'd agree with you. I think the the other interesting one that I'm not suggesting is super coach relevant, but he might add an interesting dynamic because it gives us something on you know near both sides of the fields is Dane Gagai. So he obviously comes from a star started south side and, and they finished the year huge and he's priced according to that at six hundred K is pretty much the same price as as um Ponga, but I don't know if just having that extra weapon out there and he is gonna be a bit more of an experienced head will help us at times. I'm not suggesting, you know, he's going to win, you know, he's going to be the difference for us. But uh, I don't know if someone like Anari Tuala being outside of him or something like that could present a bit of value. Anari at 380k um, on the wing could be could be all right. But I think Kurt Mann's the best. You know, that Kurt Mann, Randall, head and shoulders, probably best best ones to look at. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I think Agai is a fair player. But I mean, if you're coming from South going to the Knights, I'd take 10, 15 points off him. You know, if for super coach purposes, he oh, might help the players outside of him. Definitely, like your Tuala. But there's just some options there this year, like Suali, like um, Isaac Targo, you know, yeah. Penasini. There's some real strong 250 yeah. sort of price um, center wing. So, um, yeah, but I mean, look, the, there's there's a couple of relevant ones in there. It's the mids. It's about the mids and the cheapies, I think, in there that, that could present some options. And maybe if Ponga is on, you know, later on in the year, it could be an option. Um, yeah. Let's move on to the Titans. There's some relevant players over there. Well, probably one big one, you know, the premium uh, player from their team. Second row forward, he costs... 745,200, which is expensive. I mean, is it at any point starting with him or is he currently in your side? Is there any point at any time that you're actually genuinely at 750 odd K? Yeah, look, I've, I've, I, I look each year and in, in, in my team and I say, where are places that I can save a little bit of money? Um, and I think that there's some opportunities in the second row this year. So I actually don't have Fafita at 745. And, and when I'm crunching his numbers, it just makes me, you know, 85 average last year. He got five scores, 100 plus, you know, and he did this, uh, you know, he injured last year and getting injections. Coming off the bench. 
at times. Yeah, and, and plenty of games off the bench. So I am absolutely fearful of what he, he's doing this year. My most premium second row forward is Angus Crichton at the moment. Um, and, you know, I, I think that if I can, I'm going to probably fiddle with the funds, uh, you know, and, and, and hopefully, you know, Angus could be, you know, Fafita. But I, I have no doubt that Fafita is going to be probably right at the pointy end of top second row forward scorers for the year. And it's, I know you talk about players that are, you got to be scared if you don't have Cleary. You're going to be scared if you don't have um, Turbo. Turbo and I think you'll be scared if you don't have Fafita. And it's as simple as that. So I don't have him in there currently, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking and I'm trying to find a way to get him in. Every bit, you know, the premium player, you know, for the, for the um, Titans and, and probably for the second row forward. I think the issue is, again, Holbrook's very AOP-like at times and that you just don't know what he's going to do. He, whether he's started for feeder off the bench at the back end of last year due to the injury more than anything, but, yeah. you know, he didn't, he didn't mind starting Proctor every week and, and he gave FEMA a good head crack. There was times where Fafita wasn't coming on until 30 minutes. In the I know, half. but surely that's not the case um, this year. Oh, half, he says he's healthy. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, he's, for me, you know, one of the most exciting players to watch you know he's, he's unbelievable what he can do for a big man and if he has a big big preseason and he's got the right attitude he could be absolutely devastating this year so you're right he's very scary than alone i think there was one point in time where i had him in there just to see what it looked like but like you said you, you got guys that are about 200k cheaper in your your matters and occurrence again um yeah. where you can just use that money uh so usefully elsewhere but he's going to be one of the guys that you're trying to really quickly figure out whether you can get him in if he's going to drop 50 or 100k to start because he has a slow week or two for sure yeah definitely i mean i think the you know news that's come to hand that cleary might not be right for round one you know i was yep. personally somebody that had cleary in my team so as soon as cleary's out i got cash to burn so you mm-hmm. know um if, a good point if you lose one point. of these premium guys if you can if i lose a premium like cleary I just try to replace him with a best in their position person. And, and Fafita fills that category. Um, oh, sure. I nearly fell off my chair. Um, lineup, it's going to be Jaden Campbell in fullback. Um, we'll talk about him when we talk about the mid and upper tier players for the Titans. Philip Sammy, Brian Kelly, Patrick Herbert, Corey Thompson. That's the back line. AJ Brimson going to move up from fullback into the six. Toby Sexton, you know, that's a player that's on a lot of people's lips. Um, he's going to be in the seven. Um, look, Fox is saying that Liu is going to play in prop with Fodoaka, um, and they're going to have Aaron Clark. We know that that's probably put the kibosh on the popular old player. What was his name that everyone was getting? Booth. Yeah, at least mm-hmm. later in the year. Um, Proctor in the 11, David Fafita in the, in the 12, and Tino Fasu Malawi in the 13. Um, on the bench, Will Smith is a new signing for them. Jared Wallace, Sam Lasone, and Bo Firma. Now, I know in you know the Turbos Hammies ch- chat, you know um, Henry's big on Bo Firma, center wing, second row forward. You know, Jewel. Uh, um, you know he started some games at second row while Fafita was on the bench, but also you know Henry floated the idea that you know maybe they started him and Proctor starts from the bench, but you would definitely have to wait and see, you know, how they're going to line up in trials and stuff, you know, which might not even give you the answers that you want. But, you know, he's cheap and he's good at a good price, a la, you know, man type pricing, which is good. Mm. But that's how they're probably going to line up. You'd think close, you know, you're going to go in, you know, Proctor with his, you know, 
pedigree of, of where he's come from and, and for feeder with his million dollar price tag, you know, I like firmer personally, but I just don't see that. Maybe I think they might just go with these, you know, the bigger names to start with. Um, Campbell, let's talk about him at fullback. I don't believe that you should go the old tricky trickies in fullback. He costs you 502,400. Um, you know, and I mentioned him around that Ponga 599, but he's 500 K Campbell. And look, last year, I'm just looking at his last three games. The average was 76. You know, he got some games earlier in the year, but when he came, you know, at the end of the year, it's like they sort of said to him, you're going to be our fullback moving forward. And he finished off the year really well. You know, I think this year, I really see a world where Campbell averages 75 this year. So I'm not condoning, or I'm not going to promote the old get tricky and fullback. I think you should just go Teddy Paps, but if you're going to go someone, if you're going to go a cheaper option, this is the bloke I'd pick. Yeah, I mean, it's quite amazing when you consider he only played six games. He finished off the year with a big score, hence why the price is probably a little bit blown up. But he wasn't bad. I think he, every, he didn't score much less than 50 in his first six games, essentially, across the board. So, um, yeah, look, I couldn't, I couldn't see. I just think some of these other guys that are just so elite, it's hard to look at Jaden yet. He's still so young and you just look at him and there's not that much to him, but just he's, he's really exciting to watch and just, just reminds you of his old man a lot, doesn't he? Just yeah. real, you know, little, you know, pocket rock. He's a bit bigger than his old man, but yeah, he's, a, he's an amazing young player. I think he's going to be a player of the future for sure. That young, whole young spine really at the Titans is going to be exciting to watch. If shift, he's, he's good enough to push Brimmer out of fullback as well. So yeah, he's really good. And, and, does he goal kick? I don't know who will goal kick with. Maybe it'll be Thompson or something. I think um, Sexton. Sexton will kick. Oh, Sexton. He kicked, okay. he kicked late last year. Um, but look, I, I... Yeah, you're right. Sorry, Sexton. Yeah. I don't think... I Like, I wouldn't do it. I'm not I'm not that ballsy. But if you're going to go yeah. a cheap option, it'd be sort of like the ones that I think will have an improved year next year will be Walsh, you know, and Campbell. They're just young, energetic. They can look like they've got bags full of talent. Um, and mm. I don't, you know, I don't... You know, I, I don't mind him as a player, but if I take out of my head Paps and Teddy and Turbo, <laughs> you know, so that could be a strategy that people say, but I'm not going to condone it. I say just go tried and tested, you know, with one of the premium options uh, in uh, not, the fullback. Not in classic. Not in classic. Maybe in draft, I'd be more inclined to have a look at him if you don't have an early pick, you know, because he'll probably go under the radar a little bit. But, yeah, they've got a very young, a very young spine um, and in general probably a pretty inexperienced side. So, There'll be weeks where they, they get found out, but there's also going to be weeks where Jaden Campbell scores over 100 with ease. Like he's just that sort of player. Um, he's very entertaining, and and they'll do that at times. Yep. So. Um, going over some of the sort of you know upper priced ones, we've got Mo Fortawaka, 521,900. Last year, um, Mo averaged 59.5, a low of 33, a high of 102. I think he's a real up and coming. Um, front rower. I'll, I'll give you some stats on Mo when he plays 50 minutes. And I think he's actually growing and I think he will play 50 minutes next year. In his 50 minute plus games last year, he averaged 68.07. Uh, now that is elite. He has a great PPM. He's an absolute machine when he's on the field. And if he gets 50 minutes, he will score a tick under 70. And I have no doubt he'll do that. So he was somebody that really stuck out to me. I just wanted to take a snapshot of him if he gets minutes. And he does score well. Mate, what, what I find amazing about this bloke is he's still a baby. I think he's only 23, yeah. 24 years old. Not even. He's played Origin now. 
I love the, I love the kid. I mean, he, he could be a beast in that front row. I, yeah, great analysis. I'd also love love yeah. your work there, mate. He he's a serious super coach option for sure. Yeah, and I mean, look, he's around that sort of AFB sort of price, and and uh, you know a, a TPJ. But if you wanted to go, you know, like we're talking about, if you wanted to get a Fafita, for instance, and then you don't go, you know, as high in front row in Hass, you know, you could go Mo and and TPJ. You know, you could go a combo like that. Mo's almost. No, I wouldn't even call him a poor man's Hass, but yeah, he he's. Yeah, if I wasn't starting a house, he's he's definitely going to be one yep, of the next 50 minutes, he gets sure. up around that 70 price point. Um, um, look, yeah. there's players that I'm going to say are too expensive to start the year, but they had good years last year. Brian Kelly, he's 513,100. His average last year was 58.5, which was quite good. And that's as simple as I want to, I want to leave it. I just think there's too much value in the center wing to start him. Um, and yep. I want to say the same thing about Marju, who looked great last year. 510,700. His average was 58.3, which is good. Uh, and Thompson, the little pocket rocket, he's center wing and fullback option, you know, a dual, 507,500. Average of 57.9 last year. But over those, I'm going to put a blanket too expensive for me to start the year. Agreed, mate. You, there's value in those positions. So I totally agree. Yep. Um, now let's go down to. Oh, Tino. And he was a frustrating own for anyone that had him last year. Tino. It looks like he's going to be made the captain of the yeah. Titans. Um, and I took a snapshot of, of Tino last year. Um, his average for I mean, his average for the for the year was 56.3, I think it was. And it was not great. You know, it's not no, elite. No. Um, but when he played 60 plus minutes, his average was 58.5. So whilst he is under 500 k you know, he's 493,000. You know, I'd just as soon take, you know, I was talking to um, the Cowboy from points per minute. He thinks Lolo is going to play in the front row and get 50, 55 minutes. And he, at his traditional point per minute, you know, of over one. And I think that Lolo is a safer bet than Tino because he just, you know, Lolo has that footwork and the tackle break and off. He's got everything. He's got more weapons than Tino, I think. So I'm going to say a no-go for Tino this year to start. Yeah, and, and we... We did touch on a little bit Lolo last night as well. I don't know if you heard else. If, if with this new rule change where they're potentially going to add duality to players, if you had the ability to start with Lolo in the front row now at 480K, would you do it? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I probably would, to be honest, just because of the pedigree of Lolo and, yep. and you think he's got to improve. But yeah, I mean, back to Tino. Again, he's one of the guys I love to watch. These young blokes, he's younger than Mofo. You think they got Mofo, Tino, Fafita all on that side. I mean, yeah. this, this could be a really scary pack in, in the next couple of years as these guys sort of come of age and, you know, get a bit fitter and stronger and all. They're already beasts, you know. But I love to watch Tino. But, yeah, he's I missed him last year. I didn't start with him and I regretted it. But then he ended up sort of falling off a bit and dodged a bit of a bullet there, I guess. He, he went all right at times. But, yeah, he's just a bit awkward. And, again, there's other guys that are, you know, looking a bit better than him. I don't think he can't come out and, and improve, but yeah, he's just a little bit awkward. It's, this year it's a bit meat and potatoes, no offload yeah. or anything like that. So he's probably yeah. no go for me. Um, yeah. Look, in the mid price, somebody that has had many mentions is Sexton. He's half mm. back. He's 434,800. It was mm. a small sample side size last year of four games, but the average was 62, which is good. You know, he's going to kick goals this year. Um Last year, you know, he played against the lower teams, Dogs, Dragons, Cows, you know, 83 against the Dragons, 
67 against the Dogs, 66 against the Cowboys, and 32 against Souths, the one good team that he played. So um, very small sample size. You know, the price is right. Um, you know, when people are going sort of cheap in the halfback position, what's your views on Sexton? Mm, look, mate, I, I'm not against the kid. I think he was, he's a brilliant footy player. Just, you know, he's very instinctual, plays what he sees, that sort of thing. Um, enjoyed, you know, watching him last year. Oh, to be honest, like he's, he's got the weapons around him, you know. We, he's got the Tinos and the Fifis and Mofos laying the platform. He's got Kelly's, you know, Brian Kelly's and... He's got those strike backs off him. Oh, I don't know. I just still think that that spine is so inexperienced and even that pack really, um, when you look at it, I know they've got a bit of origin experience in there, but the boys are still pretty young. Proctor by far and away would be the most experienced in that pack. Wallace as well, I guess. But I don't know. I, I get like a bit of a trappy feel about Sexton. I, I know a lot of people are pretty high on him and he will goal kick as well. Um, I don't know what their draws like, Ados. I haven't had a look at their draw actually, to be honest. Um <laughs> I don't know. Maybe if it was Jewel as well, I'd have another look at him. But I don't know. At 430k, he's still a bit of a risky, risky pick. I think there's going to be weeks where he does go sub 20, sub 30, just you know, just because he's a young half and he's not necessarily going to own the team. But he could prove me wrong. I mean, you got Brimson there, who's going to be playing 58 for the first time with you know Sexton in first grade, I guess. So. I don't know. I'm a bit. I'm a bit more unsure of Sexton, and I'm sort of steering clear of him. But yeah, I can see the the positives and the potential upside in him. It's just that 430k, I find him a little bit awkwardly priced. Yeah. Look, I, I sort of agree with you on Sexton. It's just one of those things that uh, there is definitely. I think he he sh- he's shown that he probably has a super coach kind of friendly game for a half. I think some of the scores that were in there. It's a very small sample size. He has got some big boppers running off him. But, you know, around that price point, you've got Dylan Brown. You've got um, Sean Johnson. You've got some players, you know, Sean Johnson back at the at the Warriors. And, you know, there's a little bit of nostalgia about that. He is a, a premium of the past. So, you know, in a world where I feel like I, the one that I, I feel like I could bank on more, just Sean Johnson because of pedigree, um, you know, but Sean Johnson's body's shot. And Sexton's young and and has a, a pack full of you know weapons behind him. So I can understand the yays and I can understand the nays because it is a small sample size. If he played 10 games last year and averaged 60, I'd feel a lot more confident going into this year, picking him to start the year. Um, you know, I've gone a different route in my team with who I've got in the halves. You know, like you've got some of these cheaper ones like Amone, Amone, you know, you've got um Jackson Hastings, you've got um, Ilias. One of these South boys. Yeah, you got so, you know, there's some cheap options in there. And if you're going to pair it with one premium and those three cheaps, I don't know if you actually need him, um, you know, mm. necessarily. I think that Jackson Hastings for 300 is probably going to score as much, I think. I can't believe how many, how much bad stuff I'm seeing people have. I think Hastings is going to be unreal, personally. But, um, I mean, back to Sexton, I think I wouldn't be too critical. He's got a great short kicking game. He kicks goals. He gets involved. He's tough for a young half. Like, he got belted a few times last year as well. And he's got the security. Like, Fogarty's obviously moved on, and he's going to be the future. So, they'll build around him. It's just, at this point in time to start the year, I, I, I wouldn't start with him. Um, but, you know, there's, there's that decision, like, what you said about SJ. I think anyone that's played Supercoach for a few years is probably 
got a bit of a soft spot for SJ because you, you know what he's capable of. Um, but that could be a big point of difference to start the year, people starting with someone like Sexton and Johnson and, and what those two guys do, yeah. um, or even a Hastings, like you said. It, that is going to be really interesting because there is a lot of people looking to find one of those guys, whether it's a, you know, a Hastings or whatever, to, to run to start the season with in one of those yeah. starting half positions. If Cleary's yeah. out, a lot of people, I think Sexton's at about 6% ownership currently. That could shoot up if Cleary ends up being ruled out. It'll be interesting. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's one of those things. It's going to be one of those gut calls that you make. You know, mm-hmm. that you had a very small sample size to go on. And if you think that's enough and you want to take a punt and you're in that 400s price point, he looks like one of the candidates that you could go for. You know, I would have him ahead of Dylan Brown, you know. Oh, personally. absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think you nailed it, Ados. I think what you said there, we, we've got our opinions and, you know, based, you know, we've played super coach for a number of years now. Um, you know, these are just our opinions. The, the biggest thing that I can say and that you would say as well is is trust your gut. If you think it looks good, the, the draw looks good, he looks good in trials and you like it, don't don't let anyone else sway you. If it feels yeah. good, do it. Um, yeah, and I mean, you've got to sure. sometimes, you know, the fun, you, you know, everyone goes, oh, you know, I don't want my team to look like everyone else's. Well, then go with your pods. You know, I was talking to the Cowboy and he wants to go, um, you know, the, what's his name? Who's their fullback? The uh, Hammer. Because the, the Hammer's oh, going to play yeah, fullback. Okay. You know, he's 418K. Yeah. You can play him in your centers. And when he was at fullback last year, he was averaging, you know, mid-60s. So mm. you get a 60 average, you know, fullback that you can play in your center wing. And I'd never thought of it, really. But I was just like, What's yeah. he priced at? Yeah. Uh, 418K. You know. It's a tough little price there. But no, it's exactly what you said. You've got to – and the word, there's nothing worse than – having someone in your side all pre-season or being really keen on someone and then just before the season starts, you change it and then they do go well. There's nothing that stings more. <laughs> so back yourself in, take the opinions and, and things on board. But at the end of the day, your team, make your own decisions and, and, and back it in. Yeah, definitely. I mean, in the last couple of years, the winners, that's what I've really enjoyed about the last couple of years of winners is they don't go always the, the road that everyone else goes. They make some interesting and pod moves. Some of them don't work out, but they still, you know, they, they own them. And, and I think, you know, you look at this team, you know, there's options that you could go. Like, I mean, I think it's a higher risk going someone like um, Campbell than it is going Sexton because it's going to be probably people going Sexton, SJ, you know, Hastings, you know, the difference between those, everyone else is going to be taking a gamble as well. Um, all right, let's move on. We'll go to, you know, I've seen some people who are not keen on Randall. You know, Clark has been given the hooking spot, it looks like, 300K on the button. Look, I'm not going to go there with Clark because, look, last year when he got um, 50-plus minutes, the average was 43. You know, it's okay, but it's not anything to write home about. And, and he's probably going to have a similar output to what Randall is and Randall's cheaper. Yeah. And there's still, I, I still think there'll be a minute share, whether it's Will Smith off the bench or this booth comes in at some point or, you know, whoever it is, I, I don't expect, you know, if Clark ends up playing 80, everyone will be all over him, but I yeah, can't say I don't that think he will. with the way Holbrook coaches. And and that other mid that we mentioned is Bo Fermo. You know, he, he's 379,300, second row forward center wing. And if he were to start, because last year when he got 40 plus minutes, his average was 52. So he's a pretty good scorer. He's got a good PPM. He's a worker. I think that's why Henry you know, likes him. He's, he is. He's, he, 
He's a he looks good when he's on the field for efforts. He runs good lines. He's good, you know, scored a couple of tries. Um, if he gets 40, oh sorry, 50 minutes. Sorry, what did I say? No, 40 minutes, he gets 52 points. Based yeah, on and I'll year. be honest, there was times last season where he made a break and I thought, is that Fafita? <laughs> he, he got like a, a I'm not saying he looks exactly like Fafita, but there was times I had to do the double take. He he, he makes line breaks and gets some good attacking stats as well. And and Holbrook seems to be a fan. So if he trains hard, digs in, you know, he, he could earn that spot. And and the value could definitely be there, as Henry and, and a few of the boys are saying. And, and yeah, that duality I, between second row center wing could be really valuable this season. Yeah, so. Definitely. He's somebody that I would say, if I talk about their best prospects, he he's one of the ones in there, but it all is role dependent. If he's coming off the bench, I don't know if I'd go there. Um, you know, especially with some oh, talking to um, Cowboy about the Cowboys, <laughs> you got Helium Lukey, you know, in the 300s around that same price, who is all yeah. but guaranteed to start. And with the news of Lolo in the front row, it looks like um, Ruben Cotter going to play lock, you know, at 380. And he has a really good PPM 1.1, you know, and showed a bit last year. So looks like a real worker when he's on the field. So there's some good options. And if they're if you're gonna if you're looking at it in a real simple sense for super coach, if they're starting, you've got a better chance. Doesn't always work like that because you know for feeder off the bench will still score a hundred. Yeah, it doesn't always work like that. But as a simple general rule, if you can get all starters, you know, you're in you're in pretty good shape. Absolutely, mate. Totally agree. Now there's one other name which I'm gonna avoid, but you know, they had a good year last year, which was Brimson. He cost you 533800 but he's playing 5'8 this year. You know, and, and last year when he averaged 60, um, it was in the fullback position. I, I just think this year an inexperienced, you know, halves. And look, he hasn't in the top grade played a lot of, you know, in the halves. I think he might have filled in there for injuries or whatever and played a couple of minutes in there. Looked pretty good. But would you be taking a risk in the in the 5'8 position at 533? You could get someone like Schuster playing in the second row for Manly for the same price. Yeah, and, and you've already touched on SJ as well, which and, and I've got both of those guys. I've got Shusha and SJ. So, um, yeah, I think Brimo, it's interesting, right? Like, he's, he's obviously happy to give up that fullback spot for Campbell. Um, and I don't know if he's thinking, you know, a couple of years ago, he, he made the origin side and and was, you know, one of the foreign players running around. Um, but last year, he really went off the boil. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting. He'll be in the front line. He'll obviously be doing a lot more defending. He'll probably get targeted a fair bit as well. He's not the biggest bloke in the world. He mm-hmm. is tough, but he's a small body. So he's going to have a bit more work to do. And and as a result, you know, he might his attacking game might suffer from that. But, you know, he'll also get his, his hands on the ball a bit more. You, you don't know if he's going to swing around and play both sides of the ruck. We, we've yet to see a lot of it. But, yeah, he's he's priced, in, priced out of it to start the year just just because of a few of those unknowns and and some other guys there I like that are priced similarly or, um, you know, like yeah. you said, Trisha in particular. I mean, if, you, if you're going to go Brimson for 533 and 5'8", just go Luke Keary, you know, in the Roosters team. You know, that's that's, that's it. I, I think he is um, – he's a real goer. I think, he, I think he's actually going to be successful in six, just long-term, I think that, because he's mm. somebody who I don't – I think he handles pressure well. And as long as his body – because he has been injured a little bit. If his body holds up, and, you know, Sexton and him, that's a new combo. Now, that's one of the things that makes me doubt Sexton a little bit as well because it's not like he's got an old head next to him. He's got a young first-time, you know, a fullback turn 5'8 on the inside of him. So, um, you know, I'd probably avoid 
you know, Brimson, although I think he's a quality player, I just don't, I wouldn't be willing to take a risk on him to start the year playing 5 8. No, me either. But I do think he's he'll take the line on a fair bit. He's got a good show and go, and he showed that at fullback. So we might see a bit more of it. And I also think a part of me thinks that, you know, maybe he thinks he, he won't be able to, you know, iron out that Queensland one with guys like Walsh coming through. And maybe he's going to try and angle for a centre position if he's playing 5-8. Maybe it's a bit easier for him to shift out there. I don't – obviously, that's not everything. And he's probably not gone to Holbrook and said that. But, you know, he might, he might find a – and end up being a bit of a specialist 5-8 over the next few years. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the Titans, you know, in a, in a nutshell. Look, I think their best prospects are obviously for feeder. I think he's going to be have a ripping year. I mean, just looking at some of the footage of him, he looks healthy. He looks at a good weight, you know. And if, if, if last year was him at 60%, if he gets close to 80 90% and he's starting, playing big minutes, it could be one of those things that you rue for the rest of your super coach here, if you don't start with him. So I think for me, that's what it's going to come down to. If a feeder going into round one is named to start, you know, minutes before kickoff or whatever, I'm, I'm going to just find that I have to have him in there. Yeah. So if Cleary's out round one, like there's only, you know, so many guys that have those big ceilings. I think if Cleary's out round one, Find, yeah. find I mean, a second row forward, they can go five hundreds in a year. Amazing. Um, look, I, I'm going to say Sexton is one of their better prospects because it's a tricky one outside of, if you don't got Cleary, you know, there's somebody who's going to have to take a mid and he's going to be somebody that you can go. He's going to kick goals, which is that extra sort of buffer. Um, you know, there's not even a known that he, that SJ will kick goals. Maybe you might do it to start while Walsh is out, but I don't know if you'll keep it when Walsh is back. Um, and look, I'm going to put Firma in there. As if he if he does get a role, he's good value and he's dual and he's shown that he can score if he's given the minutes. So, but that's obviously going to be dependent on uh, role. No, look, and the only other thing I want to say about Simpson, but I, I agree with you there. Um, look, who else is in that halfback position? It's quite noted that Nathan Cleary's head and shoulders, you know, the best half. And then after that, you probably got Cherry. And then, you know, it might be Jerome Hughes or someone like that. But there's no one that jumps out. So, you know, considering that as well, Sexton's probably yeah. not too bad. I mean, you look at it like this. If well, Sexton... I've, just called him, I've just gone from calling him a trap and coming <laughs> around. But... Yeah, I mean, looking at it like that, you know, you get Hughes. He's going to go out and probably average 70. And you're going to love it. You think he's good. Um, and Sexton will go out and score you 50. And, and it's only 20 points, you know. And you got it. You got it for a couple of hundred cheaper. You know, so, but if he's more like sixty average and a sixty to you know to a Hughes getting seventy, it is good value because you got him for four fifty. So, mm. if you really believe that Sexton's going to average sixty, he he looks every bit the goer. So you just like we said, it's your gut call whether you think he it was, you know, like last year that even though it's only four games, you've got bottom of the table at sixty to eighty. And when it was a good team, it was 30, you know? So mm. that when you get a bigger sample size, yeah. Look at the draw and make your decision. I think, you know, he, he, it's going to be a punt, but I, I think it's probably, you know, a logical punt. It's worth a punt for, for those, you know, if, 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 if they like it, the Titans, I think they're going to have a pretty good year. You know, I think they'll hover around the eight. Um, you know, where I think the Knights might find it harder this year. I think the, the Titans, maybe they won't improve a heap, but I think, you know, they'll be there in abouts this year. 
I'll run I'm on. I'm just eight. looking. I'm just looking at on the uh, at their draw now. It's not bad at all. They yeah, it's not bad. And that's they got a good draw throughout the whole year as well. I yeah. think so. Yep. One of the yeah, kinder draws yeah, it could be sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So for feeder, you know, that makes you scared of more scared of for feeder, <laughs> not only for feeder, and it means yeah. you know, it's it could be worth having a punt, you know, on Sexton. Um, thanks for coming on. I mean, on BGM game, game day last night, I was enjoying the old listening. What's the bet you've got with Hampton? Uh, with um, yeah, Josh King. Uh, so we ended up, don't ask me how it ends up, because <laughs> I don't know how we got there. But yeah, essentially the bet is if um, Lindsay Collins, the front runner from the Roosters, averages 58 points or more for the, over the season, Josh will get Liam Knight, the words Liam Knight, tattooed on, on him, <laughs> I think, somewhere. Um, is it going to be in a heart or something? I hope it's in a heart. I think so. He'll probably do something with it. Um, and if he doesn't, I've got to cover his entry in a couple of cashies. So I'm probably getting out of it pretty lightly considering what he's putting on the line. But yeah, well, he's I, put, I didn't. He puts these things in his own mouth. So uh, look, <laughs> we'll put so, it out there. What do you think? Do you think Lindsay Collins can average 58 or more this year, bud? I, I think he can. Um, I just, you know, the thing that could affect it is if he gets low minutes to start and the average suffers a little bit mm. to start the year, he might have a little bit too much ground to catch up but you know if he starts you know he might i, I, I don't know if he's gonna start if he starts I, I would be very confident if he comes off the bench i'm still pretty confident you know but not 100 confident but you know joshy's put his money where he, i hope he gets that tattoo that'd be so funny it, i just want it to come off for the people i think yeah the just, people will love it it'll be great, it'll be great. <laughs> but on that subject um bj on game day you're on all the socials bogan looks after the twitter side of it you're on facebook i don't think you're on instagram but where people can follow you and watch the um and 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 be on there live with you guys while you record on tuesday nights bj on game day on youtube yeah absolutely thank you every every tuesday night at nine o'clock or probably 10 past by the time i actually get on but yeah um more than happy to have anyone jump in the chat and, and you know we don't take it too seriously we don't dive into too much analysis but we enjoy it and that's what it's all about right we just get a chance to talk about all things super coach and footy related and that's what we're all about and that's what we're all here for at the end of the day so yeah come and come and join us if you like what you've heard and um thanks as always mate for me because i enjoy jumping on with you and, and we need to get you back on the show in the next few weeks i reckon as well come and jump on back over with us yeah, I'd love to. I mean, uh, I enjoy you guys. And look, it's definitely, you know, people can listen to a lot of shows apart from singing at the end. I'm very similar to a lot of other podcasts, but you guys are definitely different. That's why I love you. Um, you know, and and look, you're both back in fine form to start the year, definitely. So I jump over to YouTube, BJ on Game Day, give them a follow. It's really good fun. And look, you know, get into that chat. Kando from the old Supercoach Hub, he's in there usually chatting and a lot of really good super coach players and minds, you know, are in there just chatting super coach as well. And I think yeah. it's a good place to to um, talk super coach, and you know, you guys discuss what we're chatting about on the live on the show. So give them a look up. Thanks for coming on, Brent. You're a legend, and we will have you on again, yeah, you know, sometime in the year. Thanks, mate. Appreciate right. it. Thanks, buddy. Brent from Beach on Game Day came on and talked the Knights of Titans with me. He's a good bloke, even though I think the Knights are going to go like a busted. Look up BGL Game Day online. They know their stuff, and they're a bit humorous. Thanks for coming on, Brent. You're a gents, and I love you. Mate, <laughs> took you again soon.